Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 50, Bullseye. Uh, pretty pumped to get to this milestone. It's been a long time coming. Not really, it hasn't even been that long. Uh, I've only been on the air for uh, eight months, nine months maybe. But yeah, pretty exciting. I'm pumped. Let's get straight into the show and stop worrying about how pumped I am. Um, Queensland Darts Masters, done and dusted. Great to have a big PDC event back here in Australia. Uh, a pretty torrid few years of darts in Australia being locked away and only online and this many people in venues and watching them play with masks on not great so this was an awesome occasion for Australian darts so it went down pretty well I mean the standard probably not quite where you want a PDC tournament to be but that's how it has been in the World Series they do a lot of media a lot of travel it's almost a holiday for them so you can't expect them to be Perfect all the time. But yeah, uh, Michael Van Gerwen beat off beat Gerwen Price. Um, he just keeps on winning at the moment. Uh, maybe not as dominant as he ever was like three, four years ago where he was absolutely smashing people left, right and centre and no one could get near him. But he's winning and that's all that matters. It doesn't say in the history books that, oh, he only just won this or he played pretty poorly in the first round or was okay the tournament before. But winning is winning and Michael Van Gerwen once again doing that. Um, I really did like the performance of Joe Cullen throughout that tournament. Um, he was really sensational against Dave Marlin. He had a 108 average. His game against Dimmy was an absolute cracker. 102 average to so Dimmy's 101, I think it was. And it was just, it was pretty pretty darn impressive from Joe. After losing the Premier League final, his form really, really went down, down the shitter, basically. He was losing first round every player's championship event, a lot of the European stuff as well. I mean, this is all coming from his own mouth as well, how poorly he was playing. So to get up there, and that was his debut at the World Series, if you can believe that, his first ever World Series event. I didn't realise that, but it was. Besides the finals, I think the World Series of Darts finals he's participated in, but the individual events, that was his first, and he really put on a show. He was he was sensational. His 180 hitting was absolutely brilliant. Um, we had three qualifiers to get through, so I think I tipped four or five. But we had three, which is still pretty good. Uh, not quite the level that the, the Danish fellas hit. They had about well, six or seven, I think. Um, yeah, uh, had Gordon Mathers, Hope I Puha. We're going to go with Hopes. It's just easy to say. And Simon Whitlock got himself through as well. So well done to Simon Whitlock. He was absolutely sensational to watch. Just had to... Fix something up there. I'm probably going to have to download the video and use that now because I've stuffed that up. But anyway, um, yeah, Damon Header and Bailey Marsh both went to last leg deciders as well. So that was fantastic for them uh, to get that that close to their opponents. They're just fixing up a microphone here, guys. Sorry about that. That looks a little bit better. Now, Damon Header went last leg against Gerwin Price and... Gezi almost hit a nine data, so there's not much you can do about that if you're Damon Header. You just got to deal with it, and unfortunately, yeah, sometimes that sort of thing happens. But meh, what can you do? You just got to move on and put your hand up to Gerwin and say, "Well done." He just just wired double twelve for what would have been his fifth nine dart leg of the year. Fifth, I think the next best is two with Michael Van Gerwen and both Phil Taylor hitting two in a year. I think Barney may have two in a year as well. I'm not sure who else does, but yeah. So that's sensational. It's like 
next level good. Um, Gordon Mathers not only won his first round, but he made it all the way through to the semi-final. So he he had a good a good day, a good weekend. He won six three over Fallon Sherrick in a pretty pretty substandard performance by both of them. I think Fallon was low seventies again. Gordon Mathers was high seventies, really pushing eighty. But he would expect better of himself for sure. He was much better against Michael Smith. He won that 6-4. Bully Boy only averaged 85, and Gordon was up near 89, but did the job. And that's all he can do. And his best performance of the event was in the semifinal against Gerwin Price, where he lost. He lost 7-1, but he did average 91 and played pretty well. Just Gerwin Price was on another level, as he generally is. The Wizard, though, he was at Simon Whitlock, was absolutely brilliant against James Wade. It just, his grouping was fantastic. His finishing, elite, and just did basically everything right. Could not, did not put a foot wrong. Just got to fiddle with a few more things. That's a bit better. That's what we want to see. I'll bring you a little bit closer. There we go. Not too bad now. Oh, yeah, so he was sensational, and he won that 6-1 or 6-2, I think. And just... Look to be the wizard of old, and he's just doing that a lot this year. Every time he gets on the big stage, he is putting in brilliant performances that we all sit back and go, oh, wow, Simon Whitlock is back. So hopefully he continues down that path for the next six six months and gets himself right back up there in that top 24, really cements himself and even pushes towards that top 16, hopefully. Um, he wasn't as good against Gillen Price, but... In a 6-3 loss, he was averaged 80, 88 or 89. I think it may have even 86 in that one. But who cares? He did he had one good performance, and that's all we want to see from the Wizard. Um, Hope I Hopes was absolutely sensational versus Johnny Clayton. His scoring was awesome. He was in that triple 20. He basically lived there just every, every shot. And there's just no fuss in the way he plays his darts. I absolutely love watching him play. Just up there, sets his dart, brings it back, throws it. Has a good look at what what he scored, and then walks up and gets the darts and goes again. Um, he was he just put Johnny Clayton under pressure from the very first three darts he threw for the whole the whole match, and just he had not didn't get a look in did Johnny Clayton. So um, he couldn't recreate it the next night against MVG though. MVG was just a bit too bit too good for for Hopi, but it was a fantastic effort and fantastic by all of them. Um, yeah, if we have Look back towards Gordon Mathers, I guess, was probably the big story making the semi-final, so he can push himself right up into a, almost a seeded position if he does well at Wollongong and Hamilton for the World Series finals. Um, yeah, so he's got those two cracks before he heads back to the UK, and it's a big, a big six months for Gordon Mathers. So he'll gain some confidence now. Um, He's only got six months left on his tour card before he needs to have cemented a spot inside the top 64. And from what I can see, he needs to win as much in the next six months as he did the previous 18 months. Now, as much as we're saying that's impossible, how's he going to do that? It's not impossible at all. I think he needs to win two or three players' championship events, and he's there. But that's only win them. If he does well in quite a few... And get yourself to the World Championships and win two games of the World Championships. Not even two, one. If you do well at the Players' Championships and win one game of the World Championships, at uh, the Players' Championships do well, and then win one game at the Worlds, you, you're almost there. So I think he'll be all right. He's got, he'll, he'll get it done. And yeah, 
get himself to the Worlds, and then that's going to be the big thing. So it was a great performance for him in at the Brisbane Queensland Arts Masters, and yeah, he should be right to take that form on and keep rolling with it at the next two. Um, now, there's a bit of disappointment in the crowd. I was hoping we'd come over to Australia and the PDC would come over to Australia and we'd get a, a really just a respectful crowd. We, they, we do get a little bit noisy. Um, sometimes it can be come across as not quite the same noise. It's not as in unison as the English crowd. So it does come across as one of the guys who gets up and shouts, oh, I love the darts. It'll be annoying because not everyone else is as loud. But the booing's fine. The shouting's fine. It's the whistling that gets everyone annoyed and riled up, like the players, the officials, anyone in the PDC, the commentators. Like, the whistling is just terrible. You don't want to see whistling. Um, we saw it a lot in Germany, I think it was, where George Noble threatened to take him off stage in a Joe Cullen-Darrell Gurney match. Um, like, Gerwin Price definitely not happy with the crowd and let them all know about it, and then he starts copping shite for that, saying, oh, it wasn't too bad. There are a lot of people jump online and say, oh, I was there, it wasn't too bad. I watched it, it wasn't too bad. He's just a sook. I guarantee you, I was watching from the get-go, the very first match of the tournament, Dimitri Vandenberg versus uh, Koha Kakiri, and it was whistling in that one, right right from day dot when there wasn't even that many people in the stadium, yet, in the arena yet, stadium, arena, venue, whatever you want to call it. And there was whistling right then and there. And it continued the whole time. As I said, they don't mind the booing. Girl and Price is used to the booing. MVG gets used to the booing. It is that whistling that, as you're about to throw and someone whistles, that it's no, no good at all. And I hope we get that out of out of our crowds and we don't see it again. Because, yeah, it's just, it's just shocking. I know that's fans pay the wages. We get that, but it doesn't mean you get to treat people like shite. All right, so they have a Kyle Anderson trophy for the best oceanic performer across these three events. Uh, I'm not sure if it's opinion-based or statistics-based on how they perform. I probably should have looked into that, but it doesn't matter. Um, so GG Gordon Mathers looking good for that at the moment. Uh, look, Damon Hedder will look to get on the board and do well. I think I am still chipping. I think the Wizard will win that, no worries. He'll have another good performance. He had one against James Wade. He'll get further than that at the Wollongong event. And I think he'll he'll take out the, the Kyle Anderson trophy, no worries. And now, so we will now have a look at the New South Wales Darts Masters. Now, I strategically delayed this episode. I was going to roll with um, Wednesday night as per standard. But I decided to go with tonight because... The draw has been done as of 6 o'clock, and I can go through my notes and then have a look at the draw with you guys in person, and we can have a look at who's going to take out some of these wins. Only a slight change to the players. The format hasn't changed at all, so that stays the same. Um, no Bailey Marsh and no Joe Comito. They didn't qualify for this one, only the Brisbane Darts Masters. And in comes Big Mal coming. Yeah, and Ray O'Donnell. Both very capable players. Uh, Mal Cumming gets his eye in. He will hit big scores and he will hit 12 to 15 dart legs at will. No worries about that. So let's hope big Mal can get his eye in and throw some brilliant stuff and get over the line. Um, we'll talk about who his plays in a minute. 
And Raven O'Donnell, just a very solid player up here in Queen from up here in Queensland. Um, yeah, very consistent, and he should also have a pretty good chance at getting the job done. But you never know. We'll see. Um, where are we now? Uh, the standard of the stars, as we said earlier, it continues to not light the world on fire. They are not performing to the world match play standard, and that's why the world match play was so awesome because the Premier League was down a bit in standards. We know that. I brought some of the stats to the table on that. Uh, the Euro Tour has been disappointing. Plays championship events, been fantastic. They're awesome. But, yeah, definitely the Euro Tour down the first few World Series events way down you're seeing a lot of 80 averages a lot of low 80s even a few 70s here and there um so it's not going to take much for all our qualifiers to knock these guys off they all can throw really well as i said i think dimitri vandenberg and joe cullen are your standout guys that don't really drop too low at the moment like right this second dimitri vandenberg's been sensational in all the World Series events he's participated in, and you saw the way Joe Cullen threw there. As much as as good as all the other guys are, and we all know that I love Gerwin Price, I love Michael Van Gerwen, James Wade is a star. They all have potential to throw a bad one at the World Series. We know that. Even Fallon Cherick's been consistently every second. Seems like every second event she throws a really poor, a really poor average, really poor showing, in basically for the whole match. But then she turns up the next one and does well. So this could be one of those ones where she does really well. Could be the one ones where she doesn't do too well. As much as I also love her, I'm hoping she doesn't do too well because I'm hoping none of them do too well. I want all the Aussie guys and New Zealanders to get through. So I hope's the one news, the one Kiwi that's come through. So as I said before, you've got all the same stars. We'll quickly run through them. You've got Dimitri Vandenberg, James Wade, Gerwin Price, Fallon Sherrick, Michael Van Gerwen, Joe Cullen, Michael Smith, Johnny Clayton. And you've got the three... Tour card holders, Gordon Mathers, Damon Hedder, and Simon Whitlock. And Australian qualifiers, you've got Dave Marlin, who doubled up. Uh, Koha Kiri doubled up. And then Raymond O'Donnell and Mal Cumming. Along with Hopi from New Zealand, who won both the New Zealand qualifiers. So, look, let's have a quick look at... Damon Hedder will definitely play better. Uh, he will not perform the same way. Uh, Gigi and Simon, I think they'll get a win again. We'll talk about the draw in a second. This is all planned out, what I'm reading right now. Planned before the draw came out, so I can go through that, and then we'll talk about the draw. Um, yep. Gigi and Simon, both in good form now. They, As I said before this event, even, they were playing well. They were playing lots. Uh, Gordon Mathers probably wouldn't say he was playing well. He kept losing first round at every player's championship event, but he's definitely in there playing them and playing the Euro Tour qualifiers and all that stuff. So he was definitely playing fit and in form. So some of the averages, as I said, we're seeing. So you saw, saw mid-80s from Gerwin in the final. You saw James Wade, I think, only threw a mid-80s. Uh, Michael Smith threw an 85. All that sort of stuff, you're losing games easily on the player's championships The floor events so that's a bit of an idea of the standard that we're seeing at the moment it's nowhere near the players championship events which is all 128 tour card holders and a few fill-ins if a few of the guys are away so definitely our guys can throw that level plus 
no worries. Every single one of them. I've seen them all throw better, much better than that. And especially towards the end of the DPA events, they were all throwing that no worries at all. So we definitely can see them. I think before we did this, I tipped four to five upsets. I definitely think Hopes can do it again. They've got Hedda, GG. I'm sorry, my fingers are there. Hedda, GG, Simon, uh, Hopes. And I'm tipping Mal Cumming to have an upset. This is before I saw the draw. Mal Cumming to, to create an upset. Right, so... And before I tip the winner, I'm going to quickly look at the draw before I run through it with you. No, so I tipped Joe Cullen to win that. I'm going back on that now because I've studied the draw. So if you have a look at the draw now, so you've got Dimitri Vandenberg versus Raymond O'Donnell. That's stiff for Raymond O'Donnell. As I said, Dimitri Vandenberg is one of the better, more informed players in the world at the moment, and his consistency is just right up there. It doesn't drop off at these events or anything along those lines. James Wade, Gordon Mathers... I think Gordon Mathers gets that done this time around. Gerwin Price versus Kohaka Kiri, I think Gerwin gets through. Fallon Sherrick, Mal Cumming, I think Mal Cumming's going to be too powerful. Um, but having said that, Fallon's due for her good events um, instead of her dodgy event. She did it from, I think it was New York to the Nordic Darts Masters. She went awesome. Then I can't remember what how she performed at the... Netherlands one, I think she lost, but they all performed pretty well at the Netherlands one. And then it was Burt last week, so she's probably going to be good again, but I think Mal Cumming is going to be up and about for this. And I believe Mal Cumming is heading over to New Zealand as the Australian qualifier for that. Right, Michael Van Gerwen, Simon Whitlock. I believe Simon Whitlock will win that. Uh, Joe Cullen, Dave Marlin. Uh, Joe Cullen to win that. Uh, he was my tip initially. Damon Hedder will beat Michael Smith, and I think, I reckon, Hopes will get it done again against Johnny Clayton leaving you with Hedder versus Hopes for Hedder to win. And then that'll give you Joe Cullen, Whitlock. Whitlock will win that, giving you Damon Hedder, Simon Whitlock in one of the semis with Simon Whitlock to win that. Mal Cumming will then play Gerwin Price in one of the other quarterfinals. Gerwin Price will win that to play Dimitri Vandenberg. Yeah, Dimitri Vandenberg to beat Gordon Mathers, unfortunately. And then I think it'll be a Gerwin Price, Simon Whitlock final with Simon Whitlock to win. Now that is my tip. Um, my backup tip is Joe Cullen, but yeah, no backup tips. Right, so the 50 episodes in, what have we learned since we started doing this? Um, MVG is back winning, which has got a lot of people up, a lot of people excited, a lot of people not as excited, but it's exciting for me. Um, I love watching someone as talented as Michael Van Gogh and go up there and do what he does and know that he's doing it well. There's nothing wrong with a bit of confidence, um, don't confuse arrogance and confidence. Confidence is when you know you're doing something well. Arrogance is when you think you're doing something well when you're not. They're two different things. Um, so, yeah, MVG is back winning. We love it. I love it. Um, what else have we learned? I love our Aussie boys. I would follow them all day long over there, tearing it up in the PDC. It's just great to see, and I would love to see another four or five over there, which we definitely have the talent to do it. So let's quickly run through. So Raymond Smith would definitely do well over there. Uh, Mal Cumming would definitely do well over there. Brandon Weaning, I think, has the talent to to do it. And to definitely get on those floor events, I think, would be fantastic for Brandon Weaning. Uh, Justin Miles, 100%, can go over there and play. And um, I, I love the way Scott Hallett went about it. And I would love to see him 
become a full-time darts player and focus on his darts instead of being a part-time darts player because that's what we are in Australia. We know that. Um, nothing better than a ton-plus finish. That's another thing we love here on um, Arrowslingers. So, yeah, ton-plus finishes all the way. And I'm just working on a few things in front of my face as we work through this 50th episode. Um, what else? I think one of the other positive things that we've learned since we've started doing this is I'll watch any darts any day. I just love watching darts. Put anything on in front of me. It can be the PDC, the DPA, uh, the China Premier League. I've watched a couple of things of that lately. Some American darts I've been watching, the CDC, I think it's called, Championship Darts Circuit. Um, on live darts, live league, the dart stream live for a while when they were going well before a few of their issues hit them. I was watching that every time it was available. Um, I'll watch the scores roll through on NACA of people I know. That's how much I love watching darts. We all love everything about darts. Well, I don't know if you all do. Probably not as much as I do, but it's just fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, so what else? Probably not some of the not as positive stuff. We know that the DPA and darts in, in Australia in general is falling way behind a lot of the other places. So... I know the, the travel aspect is a huge issue, but there's a lot more we can work on. So China have a Premier League going now, which has the backing of the PDC. Everything that the DPA want to do, guarantee it, the PDC will back them. They just don't want to do it at the moment. Um, Fox Sports are definitely not overly on board. They streamed the Australian Darts Open, which was fantastic. Guarantee there's some politics involved there because... The, that was the WDF side of things, which there's no politics. There's no business involved in that. They just put darts on. They would have given it to Fox Sports for free to get the exposure there and to have it done. Um, whereas the DPA is definitely run like a business, kind of like the PDC, but we don't have the bargaining chips here yet. So probably not as willing, probably demanding money. I don't know for sure, but look, that's what it comes across as. Um uh, what else we just learnt that Premier League needs work and uh, that format was a bit iffy for my mind it wasn't too bad but it definitely didn't have the, the zazz and the appeal of everything else that we see and watch over in the PDC it just wasn't quite as as high quality um, the last thing I'd love to see expansion from the PDC look I think that was one thing that definitely turns the Premier League around instead of having eight or I think it was ten players last year. Bump that right up to 16. Um, yeah, I think, it, of course, it would be a long, big-ish night, but it, I would watch it, just have less breaks, back-to-back -back games maybe, like, instead of having one game and then a 15-minute break where you decipher the game and Wayne Martel gets on stage and has a big, long chat. Um, just get that game done, off, next people on and just you play two games back to back and sh quick fire stuff and then you can have you can do whatever you want from there you can have a final eight you can have a final four you can have six locked in and then four in in a wild card i've seen some people say that no one likes wild card that's a load of rubbish everyone loves a wild card and it means that the person in 10th and with darts it can happen the person can be 10th make their way to eighth or seventh and get themselves into finals and then go on and win the bloody thing. 
and that would be fantastic to watch. Oh, that's a concept I would love. I think there's definitely room for the match play to be expanded to 64, especially after this year and the quality that we saw. I never, I did not want that tournament to end. I wish that, that tournament was running for 365 days. That's how good it was. It's time the World Championship went to 128 and not the 96, I think it is. Yeah, maybe 96, 64, and then the 32 before. Yeah, I think it's 96. Um, yeah, it's definitely time that went to 128. I think there's a lot of tour card holders missing out that deserve to be there. You could have a few more qualifiers here and there. There's talented players missing out. Um, the, the Grand Prix probably leave that with the amount of players that it is. Grand Slam, with that concept, it can definitely expand. You can definitely go... Instead of groups of four, can be groups of eight. Still only have two go through, but it just makes that, that group phase so much more exciting. There is potential everywhere to expand what they're doing. Give give us more darts. I'll watch. I will watch. Yep, but I mentioned that from the get-go that I would love to see expansion, so we'll leave it at that. Now, um, I thought well, what we'll do is we'll run through, not run through, but... It's episode number 50, and I'm going to tell you my favorite episode to do so far. I know we had, well, we've had guests on. We've had um, Mickey Brock and Kai and Ray Smith. That was fantastic. But probably my favorite episode to do so far was episode 23, Girl and Price, You Star. So it was the after he won his Premier League night where he went absolutely ballistic and tore him to shreds through two nine datas in one night. And just looked at, like, by far and away, the best player in the world. Um, it was absolutely outstanding to watch. So that was my favorite episode to do. Um, there's a lot more good ones coming up, I think. I hope. Hopefully we do something all right. Um, yeah, but so if New South Wales Darts Masters, enjoy that. Simon Whitlock, my tip. Um, we will see you next week. We'll probably roll again with the Thursday because we'll get the draw on the Thursday again meaning I can have a look at the New Zealand Darts Masters and we can do some decent tips. Um, jump on and have a bet if you want somewhere, but gamble responsibly, I guess, is what they all say. See you next week.